Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. edition of Hollow Hangout via Blog Talk Radio. Um, I'm your host, Christy. With me, I have... Hold on a minute. We're having technical difficulties. Okay. <laughs> um, with me, I have uh, my first lieutenant, Deb. Hi, Deb. How are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> Good. Glad Just to watching be here. Twitter. Glad you came. <laughs> Just watch yeah, it. Okay, thank you. good. <laughs> uh, and I've got talk with TV Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? Hey, Christy. Doing well. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah. It's, I think this is going to be an interesting discussion, I think, today. I think so. We shall see. And I've got Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, this is the 
deal. Tell everybody. So I I guess the the hangout, the Google Hangouts have changed, and uh, it's you have to pay now to live stream. Then I tried to to do it on YouTube, and it wasn't working. So I said, screw it. I'll, I'll upload a, a video with the audio of this uh, this broadcast uh, later on the YouTube channel. So anyway, I, but I really wanted to talk about everything. Season four has been insane. Uh, the ratings have been ha- have actually been better. Uh, it looks like the uh, the what was it the seven plus uh, the seven day plus video on demand and DVR uh, totals came out for it was actually for Insatiable episode eleven, uh, and actually it doubled. Uh, you know, we basically went 100% up in ratings. It went from because we had live plus same day was 0.4, and then with, with plus the seven day, it was another 0.4, so it was a 0.8. And I have a feeling that tomorrow's uh, ratings are going to be even higher than that. I mean, I loved that episode. Um, and of course, last night was the season finale, uh, Freedom. Fans are going crazy. Um, you know, Deb, what's what's the word on Twitter? You're kind of manning the uh, fort over there. <laughs> I think, no, I think overall everyone was really, really happy with the episode on a lot of levels. Um, a lot of closure levels, like, you know, um, knowing that everyone's okay, but that the door's open for more adventure, I think that was the right way to end it. Uh, the season, I know where we all yeah. were a year ago at the end of the season finale, probably still puffy-eyed and teary and you oh know, my going God. through a lot of stages of mourning. But this was a very different feeling. It was like yep. uh, Ichabod Crane is standing on his own now. And um, and so everyone, there's no code. I was saying on Twitter last night, um, there's there's no codependency between the witnesses the way there was the first yeah. three years with Abby because uh, yep. Ichabod couldn't do anything without Abby and Abby needed Ichabod to help explain, you know, a lot of the stuff that had happened in her life. So there was this codependency that many people, yourself included, kind of turned into this Ichabod yep, thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, right. But I think with the new witness, if they get a chance to go forward, you've got this independent Ichabod who's a witness. You have Laura who's a witness, but there, there's not this sense that they – they can't live without each other, but that they have this bond, you know, to be able to work things out together. And I like that because there's no, it's not shipping date. It's not, you know, right. it's, it's just a cool place to leave uh, Crane um, uh, gainfully employed, an American citizen. Unfortunately, he sold his soul to the devil, but that's just something they can work out in season five. <laughs> well, I'm killing you. That was a shocker. <laughs> I was like, I figured they were going there. Uh, well, Tiffany, what are you? Yeah, I get. Well, when he said, "Let's make a deal," I thought, "Oh shit, could make a deal." That way. <laughs> I knew. You know? I said, um, "In Supernatural, anytime they say make a deal, I'm like, I know where this goes." Yeah. Well, the yeah, second exactly. joke showed up. I'm like, great, they found a Crowley. <laughs> you know, exactly. the well, we're going from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Well, Tiffany, what are your thoughts on the, on, on last night's episode? And I loved it, and I really like what Deb pointed out too. Um, 
uh, it did become a codependency instead of like an emphasis of the bond. And uh, it was funny because the first season I thought of just, you know, Ichabod and Abby as partners, but then it did kind of turn into this thing. And by the third season, I yeah. think just wanted to like satisfy a cabbie fans and turned it into a romance, even though the actors and the characters yeah. never thought of each other in that way. So, um, right. so even I started like buying into yeah. it because they just kept, feeding us with, you know, this lead up to something that didn't ever, you know, really. It didn't happen. either. Oh, my God. Yeah. When I think of Art of War, I'm, you know, first of all, that line, you know, nothing like a good blind side. I mean, hello for, you know, that's foretelling, whatever, for whatever, foreshadowing, whatever, because we got Mm -hmm. blindsided. And they were using the it could be hashtag, like, like there was no tomorrow it was like oh my god the, you know why would the account use it you know what i mean the sleep hollow uh, fox account anyway well, but tom, yeah right. different tom, vibe this t- season can i just say something to what tiffany just said tom meissen has selective memory at the cons because he doesn't <laughs> talk about when he went on at the end of season two and said uh, in costume as a good that Ichabod is, you know, what head over heels in love with Abigail, all right? He actually said that in an interview. Oh, and, he did. Um, but I think I, it was like, <laughs> then it got shelved or something. And I'm like, whoa, no, 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 you know? But I think that I think that uh, Tom could have played Ichabod any way they, they wrote it. That's, that's his, uh, it seems to me that that's the kind of actor Tom is. Um, I true. think that Nikki Bahari oh, yeah. from day one said, no, there was not going to be a romantic relationship. I don't think she ever wanted it to go that way. And I wouldn't, I, you know, I, I would take bets that one of the reasons she was dissatisfied with the show was might have been something that the fandom did, which was to really stir up yeah. this whole it could be thing when, in fact, she really wanted to be this professional, independent woman um, character, you know, strong um, genre character, and she was really proud of that. So, I, you know, we might have the fandom might have played a role in, um, in <laughs> I know, I hate to decision that, to leave but... the show. You know, I really do, but I do think Tom could have played it either way. Um, but I think he was yeah. always very um, respectful of Nikki, always respectful of Nikki Bahari, and so. Oh yeah. Anyway, but. Yeah. But yeah, and, and you know, and, and I have to say, I mean, you know, uh, at the New York Comic Con, I was like very weird. You know, I mean, first of all, it kind of sucks because they can't really tell us much about anything. <laughs> you know, anything that we really wanted to know. Uh, and I, you know, I like I just didn't know that it was work. But I'm telling you, the reboot. I think that moving it to DC like invigorated the show. Because I think if we would have been in Sleepy Hollow still, I mean, I like that they went back and forth this season. You know, we we got some of our stomping grounds and and nostalgia back, uh, and then but we but but it, but it makes sense that he's in DC. I mean, he was he was involved with all of the founding fathers, and I love the vault. I mean, you know, what are you what do you think of that? I mean, you guys, Deb, you want to start first and. Well, the vault, you know, the vault being in Sleepy Hollow at the very beginning makes sense because the capital of the nation was New York, you know, before it was moved to Virginia. Right. I mean, to the, to the, to the new federated area the new- made, made up of Maryland and Virginia and um, 
Yeah, right. Cut out DC, right? So yeah. it, it kind of they right. actually they really covered themselves well well there that the, the the magical components of the vault migrated with this agency. What is it, three five five or whatever those numbers mean to mm-hmm. DC? So I thought that that was really cool, <laughs> yeah. and it was really cool to see them standing in front of that famous painting of Washington crossing the Delaware. I used to see it almost every day when I worked at the Metropolitan oh, yeah. Museum of Art. Um, and I love oh, that wow. there was the tie-in to Betsy Ross. They've done a really great job this season trying to tie up all of the story arcs that that happened in the twisteries and um, and to really, you know, that if you can stop for a moment and forget about all the kerfluffle from the end of season three and go back and start watching the series again from season one up through season four, I guarantee you, you will see a lot more continuity you will see. Yes. You will. You will see yeah. that, these, that these these seasons lead one into the other. So, yeah. Yes, I, I think, think so. I mean, I think we're. Go ahead. Oh, you you can go, Chrissy. No, 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 you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I think uh, the first season and the fourth season seem the strongest with a thirteen episode count because I feel like they had an uninterfering. Yeah like arc that they could work with that everyone was on board for. And I think once they added more episodes in the second season, I feel like maybe the network even made certain demands that sort of skewed things because it started off great and it ended great. But in between, it's like they didn't know what to do. They kept feeling things out, kept throwing in filler episodes like Holly was semi-important, but, you know, you weren't sure if he was hitting yeah. Abby or if he was, you know, falling for Lindy and, oh, I mean, that uh, Jenny. That yeah. yeah. So, um, so it's like you could see, like, throughout the course of the year as they're writing the show, where they had their stuff together and what they really wanted to see through, and where you probably felt some pressure, yeah. like, you need to make it more like this, you need to make it more like that. So then, like, I felt like they just would be thrown off and out of their groove. And um, the third season, I think a right. lot of it had to do with just Nicole wanting to leave. If they didn't know to, you know, make her, if, you know, she was going to leave halfway through the season or at the end of the season, that changes everything. So, um, oh yeah. yeah, I will but, say, uh, I, yeah, I think Nikki Bahari gave one of her finest performances in season three. That episode when she's in the catacombs by herself was phenomenal. Oh I, I think if you know, it was just um, a real tour de force for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it did really seem like, like this season was like reboot. Yeah, it, you know, it, the thing is, is like. You had to go in and just be like, okay, this is a whole new show. And I, and I wish that they would have promoted it as that, as much as they did for season one before that one came out. Because I think people might have been, you know, more apt to, like, check it out right away. But I think that as the season has gone through, I mean, it, it first of all, yeah, the continuity, the plot from the beginning made sense to the ending. You know what I mean? I mean the, the progression. So the first part of the season, it was like, you know, Malcolm uh, trying to find the, uh, what was it, the prophecy stone. And then, or no, the, the philosophy stone. I always get that wrong. I don't know why I say prophecy. Every time I like think it's prophecy, it's philosophy stone. Um, <laughs> to save his soul. Uh, we got to, you know, see his background and you know how Job came into the whole thing, and 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 then, but then, you know, it turned into okay, I'm going to take control over the whole world, which is which is the third tribulation. I mean, that's 
you know, that's the Antichrist. And, you know, technically they did their sort of twistery version of it, which was, which was great. Uh, and, you know, I just think that you know, if you didn't look at it as like a whole new show, then you just, you know, you just get mired back into, oh, well, it was so good back then. You know what I mean? Like, you're always thinking about it that way. Instead, you just got to, like, push really, forward. By throwing it, yeah, I, I think by throwing the devil in there, they really, like, upped <laughs> it for the last episode. By, yeah. Like, now we're into, like, serious, like, devil and, and, and demons, like, really now. I think yeah, the first exactly. season was very different from all of the others, and it broke through so many. It was this really positive um, genre or show. It was in prime time Monday night. It had this uh, diverse yeah. cast, um, and and so and it had an, an sort of an implied message there that I think a lot of us took to heart. One of my blog pieces that I wrote the yeah. night that uh, yeah. season three ended which was like I spent five hours crying, I think, but I wrote my blog piece was Sleepy Hollow could have been Hamilton. I felt there was something about having Nikki Bahari, Lindy Greenwood, and um, Orlando Jones there to be taught to when when you're doing twisteries with a a group of people who might have been descendants of enslaved Africans. How do you work their narrative right. into that twistery? How do you see your eyes? You know, how do you how do they see the country? And um, Lin Manuel did t- does such a great job with with Hamilton that way. And I was really, I really felt that that that's that was what Sleepy Hollow was all about. And I, I was really attached to that, you know. And I think my yeah. fear for this season was that it was going to become another version of The Librarians or you know, oh, yeah, another yeah, show yeah, of legendary yeah. characters that have a library of or a vault of, you know, these um, arcane and wonderful, um, you know, uh, items that they can use to, to to fight demons. I think that the American history um, uh, line, uh, you know, line of storytelling was is really significant and really important and what makes Sleepy Hollow, really different. But I do, I will mm-hmm. say this, we did lose something that many of us loved in the first season when we lost Orlando and we lost Nikki. There's no doubt. Uh, I mean, there's, it's a different kind of a yeah. storytelling, but it doesn't mean it's not valid. It doesn't mean that we still can't be entertained. You know, if, and many people right. didn't want that storytelling and they left and many people continue to want it and new people came to listen to it, but it is different. I will admit that it's different. Yeah, it's, it, it is. Great, but oh, sorry. Well, I I just think in a way they did carry that on though. I really like that Benjamin Banneker was yeah, the was cool. core yes, of the twistery throughout the entire season, and I liked how having Jake, you know, having someone who he idolized be someone that you know he now has ties with by working for the vault, you yeah. know, in a way, it, you know, it's like, um, yeah, what yeah, did he call it? Exactly. Descendants, like occupational descendants, which yeah. sort of, I guess, is another descendants. way to right. parallel um, Jenny and uh, Abby's, you know, our Grace Mills descendants, you know, through their mm-hmm. bloodline. But here you have someone who, like, through occupation, feels like a descendant of someone as, you know, heroic as Benjamin Banneker. Yeah. So I still feel like they're trying to do that. 
You know, it's mm-hmm. not like they've completely lost sight of it. Because I felt really, I don't know, it just felt so strange when everyone um, turned it into a racism issue, too, because I never saw that was the case. Yeah. I mean, it's still a very multicultural cast. So, um, mm-hmm. right. you know, I still think yeah, they, they try to do that. that. So I felt really bad that, that it was turned hard. into something ugly. <laughs> Well, yeah. Ed, too, it was very interesting well, I think, to talk uh, to Lindy. Here, I just wanted to say, what I was going to say is, in talking with Lindy, she brought up Katya and the backlash that she got on Twitter and everything. She yeah. was upset, you know, about the whole thing. And, you know, and it didn't have to be that way. And I, you know, and I think that, I think you're right. I mean, I think having occupational legacy, you know, worked as well mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool i mean i hope they do more of the we get more of you know uh uncle sam and daniel boone and you know i mean i hope they're really going to do that in season five mm-hmm. i mean I'm, I'm just already thinking i'm already in my head we're already getting season five because i figure if i put the vibe out it'll happen that's my goal yeah <laughs> well i think we can well, I, even I think go back to great I think it's gonna happen because Fox needs that that show like a filler in, basically like a nice. Mm-hmm. They're 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 kind of doing what yeah. CW is doing, where they have these mini series, and they and they cut the shows into thirteen episodes. So like it's Gotham, Lucifer, and then it's gonna be Sleepy Hollow and whatever one they decide to bring back X Files or whatever, and then finish off the. Uh, so those will be like the mini filler shows like they have. And then they'll bring in again yeah. back like Gotham and Lucifer again. So that's what I'm thinking. Like they need these thir- these episodes, like these shows that could be like 13 episodes to like fill. Well, I'm gonna yeah. say something. None of you are gonna like. <laughs> I I have to. Say, I love now. I have to <laughs> preface this by I love Tom Meissen. but okay. I felt this season <laughs> that his character had very little meat. You know, he had a moment, every, every now and then he'd have a, a nice moment. But I felt, there's a little bit of me that felt that Tom was just not giving us. At all. Yeah. Really? I, I mean, I do. I felt, I, I, and, I, and it was, it's possible that it was written that way. But there was, you know, uh, he just seemed to be breeze, kind of breezing through all of this season in spite of all of the calamities going on around them. And occasionally something really cool would come through and maybe the writing would allow that. But I just got a sense that Tom was getting bored with Crane this season. You think? I don't know, you know, I don't know. It just, I, know. I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't see it. I think it's interesting that John Noble, that Henry is sort of just wandering around. I think they're going to bring him back. And I mm-hmm. think that will give him some substance. You know, he didn't have like, I mean, the, I think the deepest, I think the, as far as, like, his scenes and everything like that, the deepest mm-hmm. moments that he had was in People versus Ichabod Crane uh, because, you know, he was grappling with his guilt about Abby, about everything, yeah. uh, and, and, no, and that facing was, Henry. I and I think that, yeah, and I and I think that, that you know, he, he you know, he, the guy is a theater guy, you know, and I think that he really – he loves that meaty stuff, and you know that's pretty much that. In this last episode, the, I liked the that scene with you know Henry and Ichabod. Uh, you know, well, you it's all the yeah, scenes with Henry uh, and Ichabod are always it. great. 
Yeah, those I, like seem, I mean, I'm not yeah. saying that every, I'm not saying that Tom didn't, I mean, every, every episode has something, right? But I felt like at this point, right. going four seasons in, with as an accomplished an actor as Tom is, I felt like, you know, let's use him a little more. I, I didn't, I, I, last night was kind of weird because I felt, I felt, actually felt that, that the penultimate episode that, that Albert Kim wrote was more dramatic in many ways than this episode. But I think Raven left us with an episode that was, you know, that had the action and everything. It had some dramatic um, points of dialogue, especially between um, Henry and, and Ichabod, but also some really tender moments, like between Ichabod and um, Lara. But I think mm-hmm. it was a sweet yeah. ending, ultimately, even though he's got the, you know, the Pentecost, the, the pentangle on his wrist, but it ended sweetly. And I think that was a gift from Raven. Uh, I, I do. Think wanted to yeah, I think he wanted to end on a hopeful note mm-hmm. because they, they, they I mean, did exactly what Supernatural did. They did exactly where yes. where where they shut the hood of the car and then the whole thing where they ended the season when they didn't know that they were coming back. It, it, that's what it felt like. It felt right. like just like a, we know yeah. we're, we might be not coming back, but we're gonna leave you with something here so that there's something to tie along. But yeah. I don't like Laura. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't think she is as good as a character as Abby was. Well, I wouldn't oh, compare the two. I mean, right there, right there, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yes. And Janina says this all the time. She says, I did not come to fill Nikki Bahari's shoes. No one can mm-hmm. do that. Right. Laura is not, will never be Nikki Bahari. She'll never be Abby Mills. Oh, um, and nor should she try. I think if, if she stands on her own, though, as this, she's only, you know, like in her early 20s, um, she's just gone through hell. She's, she's really never like known a real family. So I think yeah. she, I think for who she was, I thought she held her scene, held her own in her scenes with Tom. I really do. But oh, she's, she's not Nikki. Yeah. She's not Abby, kidding? but she is Laura, you know? Right. What yeah, I think, I think, I think the character could be written a little stronger. I don't know. That's what I'm just feeling. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Laura could well, be written a yeah, little I more mean, stronger. She feels kind of like stereotypical, like Terminator. Well, she was the woman out of time in in this season. You know, she's she's the Ichabod in reverse, I guess. Yeah. So she's. um, Oh, and you know what's different? Ichabod did not rise from the ground with guilt. He rose from the ground as a hero, from where he came from. She came back into this century. With the guilt of everything that she had done that destroyed people that now she's, yeah. she's actually living, you know, having to be with in a different world. So I think I think her her she has actually more gravitas in her character than, than Ichabod did coming into the century. Well what so, I don't yeah, get I now agree with you on that. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I and I also like she how can be in Oh, sorry. I'm waiting for like minutes. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Come ahead, Sarah. I I was just saying that I've I've noticed with her though, the character doesn't. It's sort of like did anyone ever see like um she's like a Terminator vibe I guess where she's coming back to the future but it kind of doesn't like jive with the show. You know what I mean? That she come back in time. I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't jive. Like. Well, I think she's going to have to really, 
they're going to have to really write for her character and give her some depth to her. And I mean, she, I mm-hmm. think they could do a lot. I thought it was very interesting that she said, oh, well, you know, Joe was my guardian. He taught me everything I, I, I know about Supernatural. And I have a feeling, I, I do believe if there is a season five, I think obviously Terrence Mann is going to be back. I think that Joe is going to be back. Uh, I think they're going to have that upper hand because she knows how he operates. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that in order to, you know, save Ichabod, they're going to use that. It, it is interesting that, yes, that Ichabod is now is a man out of time, and now she is fully. Um, mm-hmm. But what's different, obviously, she doesn't have any military background. She doesn't have any – she's not a police officer. She's just a girl that was trained by these crazy people, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, she's going to be dealing with a lot of guilt. And I think, you know, they could really do something with it. Uh, you know, I think that they could do something they, with that. I think, yeah, I think they ahead. did a good job of having like realistic conversations because um, she just like appears. She seems mysterious but badass. You know, has for right. a minute there too. I even wondered if like Jenny had worked with her. Like, did young Molly pick up on things? You know, that Jenny had taught her or something because yeah. they started off bonding and stuff too. But it ended up being Job. And then I really like how once the reveal was made that she had a conversation with her mom. Diana's like, I know you're Molly, but you're not Molly. And, you know, I'm getting this vibe off of you. And she's been, she was mad at her mom her whole entire life thinking, you know, how could the mom just like die on her, disappear and abandon her. So it's like, she needs to reconcile all these feelings, which, you know, adds layers to the character, but it's, you know, it's like you have a few conversations that are, you know, important like that. And like her last conversation with Crane, you know, where she's like, now I need to figure out who yeah. I am in this world, learn about yeah. this world. It's completely different. I mean, she sort of came in, like, as a, in transition in her own life, you know, so. Right. I mean, she's uh, only, they only get away three, with her three, being, like, She was in three episodes, right? Laura was in three episodes. The last three yeah. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, I mean, that's yeah, not a lot it. of time. Yeah. So yeah, the well, one of the character Jenny's established. Uh, Diana has been a strong character from the beginning, you know, Mama Bear. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. I like why did they decide? To, why did they decide to age her so quickly? Like, have her bring her time? And I know that. Why didn't they just start with someone older from the beginning and not start with Molly? Well, as this young my theory on that is that you had they had to really tread very lightly. The fact of the matter is, is that had they brought her a grown up. Right in the beginning, it would have been hell, though. This isn't Abby. You know, it just would have been very hard for us to dip, to accept and fathom, really. Uh, they knew that anybody that they put in that role, it was going to be hell for them. And I think they were mm-hmm. smart. I think that putting Molly in yeah. as an 11-year-old, uh, you know, and, and, you know, bringing her on that way was clever. I mean, I, I would have never thought that they would have done that at all. I mean, it just made, but it made sense in this. I understand why they aged her. I mean, obviously, you know, you can't have an 11 year old be out there fighting with, you know, the freaking four horsemen. Uh, and <laughs> I, I understand that. Has to be I just wish they had brought her in a little bit before so she could have been a little bit meatier in the finale. Yeah, maybe like in a couple more episode, earlier episodes or something like that. I mean, I I really think, and I loved I loved that scene in uh in the way of the gun when 
you know, she's like, you know, we are the witnesses, and he comes out of the thing, he's like, I guess we already saved her, and then, you know, he's kind of hold, he's kind of holding her, but he he's not. I love that it isn't a romantic thing. You know what I mean? Like he and she always is calling him old man. You know, so there is that. And then like you were talking, we were talking last night. Now you were saying, well, now you know he could have he could be a family with Diana and Molly if he wants to be. You know, like they go that route, and he could still have his partner. Mm-hmm. It's not like a romantic thing. Right. Uh, what do you think about yeah, I- that? I I think that could have worked with Abby too. I kind of agree with Deb there, where it was sort of like the fandom wanted it so badly, and then Hold on. I feel like especially once Nicole wanted to leave, the writers were just like, "We'll give you what you guys want." To a point, so then it just felt like a like we were let on for a whole season. Because I I mean like because they gave it, I started to buy into it. But romantically, I kind of liked that they were you know male and female partners who care for each other and have this bond and love each other, but it doesn't have to be in a romantic way. Because we are a succulent that. family. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. We are a succulent family. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, no, I, like fan, how you lear- I learned, t- Tiffany, you're the, you, you have fan in your handle, right? TV or Tiffany TV. I have learned, yeah, this yeah, is the, the only time, I'm. this is the only fandom that I'm a part of, um, since the original Star Trek, okay? Um, and I learned a lot about what happened last year coming into this year. I learned about I learned a lot about myself in this fandom. I've made some really good friends. I lost some friends over the season three mm-hmm. finale. Yeah. Um, I spent, you know, my, my husband thought I was crazy. I had to blog my way <laughs> out of my sadness. Um, at, the, at the beginning of the spring, and um, and I sit, you know, I I I worship at the old Dutch church, which sits in the middle of the burying ground, which is where the legend of Sleepy Hollow was written by. It was written about um, mm-hmm. by Washington Irving. I go by his grave. I'm very there's a part of me that's very legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's just in our blood, um, but. I so I can't get away from it. You know what I'm saying? I, I it's not. I, yeah. I, I, I geographically, <laughs> I'm there every Sunday, <laughs> if not, and every Saturday. That's incredible. You know, but um, so it was really, really hard for me to that what happened at the end of last season, and but I learned a lot, and I and my daughter, I, I wrote this in a blog. My daughter, who's a writer, said, "Mom, do you want to write the show or do you want to watch the show?" <laughs> you know, she was not there gonna, go. she was not going to enable me in this at all. And I decided this season, I wasn't going to tell Albert and Raven and everybody else how to write their show or what I wanted. I was just going to sit back and let them take me for a ride. And I had a lot more fun. I wasn't anxious about anything. You know, so that That when it got to the point of, yeah, when it got to the point of this season finale, I felt, you know, if we don't get season five, I'm okay, actually. If we get season five, cool. We've got 700 people who get to keep their jobs, you know? That's kind of how mm-hmm. I look at it. Right. There's employment. Actors get to act. Crew get to crew. Writers get to write. And I get to watch. And that's the role that I really want to be. I just want to be entertained. Right. Me, me too. When I look at things from a... Go ahead. Sorry. Give me a go. go. Um, I look at go. things from a yeah. storytelling perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially since I watch so many shows and a lot of genre shows, like I always see parallels, especially with like Supernatural yeah. and and um, 
And so I, uh, it's funny because my reaction at the end of the last one, I didn't even do like a proper recap. I just kind of, you know, blurted out how I felt and stuff. And, and I always wait for a whole season to go by because people like nitpick each episode to death. And I'm like, let's just see how the story unfolds. So afterwards, then I'll go back and be like, okay, well, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. And I understand why, you know, certain things, right. you know, unfolded in certain ways and stuff. You know, so part of me was even just annoyed with the storytelling of the last season, too. I'm like, God, we were just teased and teased to death, <laughs> you know? And, um, and yeah, then if you're going to do that, it, like, do it. Punch. If you're not going to do it, don't tease. <laughs> yeah. So then I'm like, I just feel <laughs> like I got sucker punched. I'm like, don't make me buy into things, you know? And <laughs> that just not happened, you know? So, but, but. Yeah, so I respect that, and I and I do. I I you know I get very invested. But I also you know trust the writers to you know let the story unfold, and sometimes it's more organic. Sometimes it's planned. I'm one question I've had from the beginning that I'm dying to know is the big hype before the show even began in season one was that uh, Philip Iskov had an outline, like he and Alex Kurtzman and um, like the whole gang presented. Roberta Orsi's long outline. Yeah, and I'm dying to know how much of that they've stuck to. You know, because I don't think it was part of the yeah, I don't know. And I, I just it's like if I ever had a chance to talk to Philip, they had like. Go ahead. I, one of my arguments. Oh, sorry. One of my arguments. Oh, sorry. In the, I didn't know who um, was talking. Oh, when. yeah. This is Deb. one of my arguments from a from a legend perspective. Um, when things started getting a little hinky in season two, was I always felt that even though this isn't the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the source material was the Legend of Sleepy Hollow and the and Rip Van Winkle, mm-hmm. and I felt that the personalities of Abraham Van Brunt and Katrina uh, Van Tassel and Ichabod Crane that there were that there were elements of those personalities in the modern characters that were actually pulled out of the book, and I always thought that somehow uh, Katrina would end up with with Abraham and my my big my big desire was always redemption for Abraham you know I really Mm -hmm, felt that there that 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 needed to happen and that Katrina Katrina really probably loved Abraham that that was you know and that there's a whole thing you know it's interesting um in the last night when Washington is standing there with Benjamin and they're looking at the painting and he's, he's right to Benjamin, are you still mad at me for putting, for having Crane put in a deep right. sleep or something like that? We didn't know that yeah. it was Washington's order when the first couple of yeah. seasons, we thought that it was something Katrina did on her own Katrina to protect did. her husband. Really? And that's what got Katrina in trouble with her. Right. Yeah, and that's what got her in trouble with her husband, mm-hmm. and that's what led to Jeremy's, um, you know, being thrown into the pit. So um, that was right. a very interesting, you know, that, okay, so this all came down from Washington. So ultimately Washington is a spy master. Washington, Washington has manipulated all of these people, and really they're all kind of innocent in, in a weird way. I mean, they all, you know, Abraham and, and Katrina and Ichabod were sort of thrown together in this uh, Greek tragedy, you know, and I was kind of hoping right. there would have been nice resolution to that um because in the in the legend of sleepy hollow katrina does end up with abraham van brunt you know abraham and mm-hmm. it would have been great because i mean i do miss neil jackson i it's the one thing that i've missed the mm. last couple of seasons i love yeah. the, the, the sword dueling 
I mean, I totally yeah. miss that. You know, I, I, I mean, so we saw, uh, what was it, uh, uh, the, the, the Gorgon episode. I can't think of the name of it. But anyway, it's yeah. season two, yeah. and he's like, I... I'm supposed to be the hero in this story. You know, I mean, I'm the, yeah, I'm the, that yeah. is one of my favorite scenes, you know, and mm-hmm. I felt like, yeah. I feel like it was almost the light of the season as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it would be mm-hmm. fantastic to have Neil back. And I do think that there are enough, you know, enough, uh, because now that I guess they, they've, they've sort of made it to like whoever is in charge is sort of, uh, you know, they can harness, they can control the avatar, in other words, of the horseman. And so it would be interesting to somehow bring him a back. I mean, there's a lot of, there's, yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff they could do with that. There's, there's things left unsaid and, and done between Ichabod and him. And I think that it would also give, you know, Tom some great stuff, but, uh, to do, but, you know, we'll see what they do with that. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, and, and I want to talk about briefly about this, Okay, so I tweeted Raven last night. I'm still very on the fence and confused about the whole witness soul. They're they're calling it the witness mantle. So explain this to me. So what I feel like is like, okay, so Molly, when when Abby died, the witness soul was basically went to Molly. And we don't know. It's never been explained, like, how the hell that were I still don't understand it because we were we were yeah because I don't get it either process yeah that it was you know, like that it was a bloodline thing, thing but it obviously is it it's not a bloodline thing it, so it, so for some like reason the, I don't get it yeah I don't know and so 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 she somehow you know is chosen to carry the witness soul and then of course Laura comes in the picture. She is a witness. She has a, a witness soul in the future. She comes back to this time period, and then it just disappears from Molly, and now she's got the witness mantle is transferred. I, I don't understand it. And maybe I just am thinking too much about it. Yeah, don't, they, don't they share the same soul? It's the same soul. It's the witness soul. The witness soul. Yeah, so you know, guys, this is like the Trinity. Anymore. This is like the Trinity and the doctrine of trans of um, transubstantiation. This is a mystery, folks. <laughs> you just gotta <laughs> let it go, Christy. like a uh, like you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That if you're like a, a slayer, like you have the potential to be one, and then it transfers. Or is it like this is really her soul, soul? So they all have the soul right. of the the witness. So it mean when, when they never, here, yeah, they never really defined the each what an eternal soul was. There's a there's a couple fan fiction writers that have done some interesting, tried to figure that out. You know, um, uh-huh. where yeah. where Abby and Crane, where those two people exist throughout time, um, in different scenarios, and I and some really smart stuff. Um, on fan fiction, trying to trying to work out what that meant by eternal soul, you know. So I I think right. I think that um, I think that writing for television is really hard. I, I mm-hmm. that's something I learned this year. Yeah. I think that and I and I and I do read fan fiction. I I I do um, uh, just for I you know Sleepy Hollow fan fiction. I think there's some really good writers out there, but. Um, so, but the difference is that you know when you're writing for a television show and you've got 43 arable minutes, 
um, and you're trying and, and you've got this group of actors and you're telling the story, it's a very different thing, I would imagine, than sitting down and writing out, you know, the next chapter of, of a 20-chapter of a piece of fan fiction that, can, that will have more hours of reading right. than there will ever be hours of watching the actual TV show. And so also you um, think I think it's tough. Yeah, I think it's tough. And you've got, and it's a business, and you've got to deal with your network. As I think Tiffany mentioned that or earlier, mm-hmm. um, yeah. How do you know when the network gets involved? Um, the the different, um, it kind of seems like there's a lot of different writers, you know. So it's really up to the EPs, yeah. I guess, to make sure that um, there's continuity. You know, I think there's we've all experienced continuity issues with Sleepy Hollow, whether it was historical yeah. continuity or this whole thing of the eternal soul, what happened. I mean, there are mm-hmm. definitely still some issues that they need another season to, <laughs> to, to maybe yeah. iron here's out. My, you know? Here's my interpretation, I guess, uh, because they have their own soul, and then they inherit the witness's eternal soul or mantle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what they did explain with that is they, the person who's going to – get the eternal soul starts having visions so I guess that's sort of how it begins so it made me go back mm-hmm. and think that when Abby started having visions in the woods that maybe yeah. that's when she was starting to get it and and then they right, clearly right. explain that it's Molly's 11th birthday when she fully yeah. inherits the soul so maybe what happened was since Laura was Molly for so much longer that yeah. she became like the first mm-hmm. version of Molly yeah since yeah. she's the one who came back in time so she's the one who kept the mantle and this Molly was then kind of absolved of that burden. Right. You right. know, just, just by, so, okay. I guess yeah, time, you time that way. Does that make sense? Like that's the only yeah, way no, I can I, think of yeah, yeah, explaining it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind mm-hmm. of how I, I, I play it out in my head. <laughs> also, once again, Crane <laughs> has some pulled some piece of arcane knowledge out of his head about at your 11th birthday, <laughs> you know, mantle <laughs> of Eternal soul or witness or whatever. Love, so or just love it. You know, like, oh, okay. You can find a book or something. Uh, that was in one of those books you're reading, was, you know. Hey, didn't you love, <laughs> I love that the end um, where, where Crane is sitting in his room listening to jazz, filling out his yeah. voter registration card, <laughs> just all by yeah, himself. Well, I thought that was so sweet, you know. I don't know. There's just like was, he's, he's at home. Horrible. He was in his little cozy space. He was listening to Miles <laughs> yeah. Davis. He was listening to Miles <laughs> yeah. Davis. I know, and it was adorable. I, I can I just say the cable guy bit was hilarious. I mean, yeah. the freaking cable guys, they never get it right. And then he's like, "Well, um, well, I'm about to go to hell, so can we reschedule?" You know, I mean, what the hell do you think? <laughs> <laughs> They have hey, Chrissy. Television. It's just so funny. Can we each, can, can we go around the go around the world here? Um, what what were your what, yeah, what was like one world. of your favorite parts of last night? What was one of your favorite parts of last night? Like like what, what are my gave favorite you feels? Parts of last what gave you feels last night? Well, it gave me feels. Um, I have to say, seeing the four horsemen all riding together mm. was epic. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, that I was. Loved when they, when all four of them are galloping, I'm like, oh, my God, the four horsemen are here, you know. Um, I think for me, that part 
And I did like the Ichabod. I liked the very end, the Ichabod and uh, the Ichabod scene with um, with Laura when she, you know, was like, "I'm gonna go," and you know, and he was like, "It was that." And then there was also when he says to her when they were going into hell, when he said to her, "You know, I'll never leave you. You know, just let her be yeah. alone." I think yeah. those are my top three moments. Yeah. What about you guys? <laughs> um, Tiffany, what was your favorite? Did anybody like? Yeah, go ahead, Tiffany. My uh, okay. So my favorite part, I really, really loved the just the uh, the cinematography of Laura mm. and Ichabod <laughs> walking into hell, and they're like yeah. parallel versions of hell, yeah. and how it's yeah. their their yeah, worst experiences, and and even the just the cutting back and forth where every time they cut the crane, it's his background, you know, and then Laura's background. Yeah, the, the valley yeah. Walking yeah. side by side. And the orphanage. Yeah, and I yeah, like yeah, how yeah. they didn't do, like, a cheesy split screen. So it, it was a very powerful moment because a lot of times yeah. you go to hell and it's just like a dark cave and you're like, eh, whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cold. Right, right. <laughs> so, so I really, really liked And I really just got goosebumps at the end when the president, you know, basically gave them all a big promotion oh, yeah, and, and said, you'll be like my men in black team. And yeah. when she, you know, swore Ichabod Crane in after he studied so hard to become Amer- an American citizen, she's like, yeah. raise your right hand. <laughs> Boom. You're an American. I did Google that. that. And, and the president can't do that. <laughs> I didn't think so. But it works in the like story that. though. Right. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's like TV. It's good. Yeah. That's so What did you funny. like, um, Sarah? What was your favorite? I love the ending. Deals. I love the ending yeah. where they did the little quib between each other. Like, uh-huh. And I also liked the scene between Laura and Ichabod. That was really strong. It was, it was like we're starting to build a relationship and have that bond that that Abby and Ichabod had. Not, not like it. But, like, we're going to start to have it. Once she finds herself, then we're going to start to have that relationship. Yeah. Right now, they're kind right. of, like, distant. Yeah. But it's, like, this is, like, going to be the starting point. I wish they had done it a little before so they ended a little stronger. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that was pretty good. I liked when they found the weapons. That was pretty interesting. I don't yeah. know that yeah. how they cool. know the weapons were there all that that long. Cool. But... Yeah. What I thought was hilarious, I think though, was, like, were there you know, well, I think the opening the for me the nothing happening. <laughs> Go ahead. For yes. me the opening scene, the opening um, duel scene, so, um, oh, I the sort like of the eternal, the eternal struggle between father and son. I really yeah. felt strongly for both of them. You know, this sort of torment and, yeah. and Crane wanting to put an end to it. And but I, I think um, there were a lot of little feel moments. But I think for me. Mm-hmm. The very, very end when Laura's leaving and he bows to Laura, I was it made me yeah. think of uh where he's come from the last season when he was bowing to Abby and not knowing what he would do in a world without her. And I felt like Crane right. can't live in the world without her. And um and that gave me a lot of uh for the character, it really made me feel that there's hope, you know, that the, that, that whole Abby's last line is not to lose hope, but that hope still he has that hope and he and he's and um so I like that a lot. I like 
expanding. Mm-hmm. Does anyone think that? Did you know? That, oh, oh, sorry, just on um, that. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I don't know go if ahead, you guys Christine. saw, but uh, Emma even Messner said that Tom Meissen decided to bow. That he yeah. in between takes. Yeah. That, yeah. that I really think Ichabod would that bow was... in this moment to her. Yeah. And he, he also added that line of poetry. He added that line of poetry when he comes back into the um, comes back into the vault, and they're kind of arguing about what are we going to do with these, you know, rusty old pieces of whatever. And I can't right, remember right. the exact line, but it, it was just mesmerizing, and um, and and he was pulling the group together, you know, that he was making this Florbus yep. Unum out of this group. So, um, and that was a yeah. Tom Meissen touch. That, that, a, that line was the Tom. Right. I would love to see Tom Meissen yeah. get a chance to write and and direct in season direct. five. If he that comes would back. be epic. I would, would love to see that. Would be really cool. He would. He would. He would rock it too. I mean, like it would yeah. be. It would be just all those little Tom Meissen touches that we yeah. get once in a while, like you guys were just saying. You know, it would be amazing yeah. to have him do that. I mean, I think he should yeah. write it in his contract, for God's sakes. I mean, you know, the guy mm-hmm. is brilliant when it comes to that. You know, that's the other thing. He knows that he does know his character very, very well. And uh, I love that that bow was not scripted, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's that, cool. Uh, I think it was it was just a cute little thing that, you know, that he did. Yeah. What did you guys think? I wanted to ask you guys about Jake and Alex. Hello. Jay, well, I'm calling him J-Lex. People are calling them Ajax. I don't know. But the anyway, writers are calling like, them Ajax. Yeah. Yeah. The writers call him Ajax. Uh, Ajax. I okay, love Jake. I, I say J-Lex. What did you guys think? <laughs> Deb, you want to start? <laughs> I know. I like Jack. I, li- I mean, I like Jake. I can't figure out what Alex is about. Yeah. So I'm not. I, I reserve either. the right to uh, to a future opinion on that. But I do think Jake is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Jake is. Yeah, I, I like I Jake the second he fanboyed over. Yeah, like he's Jake just such a fanboy. I just love him. And he's the line geek. that he delivered about the apocalypse. You know. Um, after after <laughs> yeah, uh, he was pissed, I thought that was really sweet. But I yeah. I can't. The, you know, um, uh, Alex kind of makes me nervous. That character makes me nervous. I I there's just like yeah. they don't what? quite know what to do with her. She makes me nervous. Like I feel like they need to give her more depth, and they need to give yeah, back. I think we can know like, more about that. her. Yeah. Yeah, we need like some yeah. background on her. She's very stoic. She's very yeah. deadpan. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, she's been dragged into this whole supernatural thing, almost like kicking and screaming. And like, even the, that, that little moment that she had with Jake, and she's like, you know, I didn't really, you know, yeah, okay, supernatural is real. But, like, there's no passion with her. Yeah. Like, like, like you know, Jake is just totally into it. I mean, he was psyched for the moment Ichabod walked through the door. And then all of his little weirdo yeah. quirks. I mean, when he was like doing the Morse code on the side of that was priceless. I mean, he's yeah, I, you know, he's just I just I love that character. They haven't infused anything uh, exciting with 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 Alex, and and I love Rachel Melvin. That's the thing. I used to watch her Days of Our Lives. 
and she's a fantastic actress. So I want she's, to like Alex Bohr. I want, but I don't yeah. know. What do you guys think? Tiffany, you want to comment? I think it's like four character. What? Say that again. I think like I think they just meant kind to of, be a like, they wanted like a character, so they just forced another character into it. That's mm-hmm. kind of what Alex is. Wow. I don't know. I feel yeah. like she's guarded on purpose. Like, I think it's a character choice to make her guarded. And I feel like she's more of a, mm-hmm. I think someone says she's kind of like the Cisco of the team. Like she just makes the gadgets and like, that's where she, that's fun for her, you know? So she doesn't yeah, really a, enjoy the lab nerd. Mystery, like, yeah. So she, she's like the one who just wants to like put these cool weapons together and stuff. But I feel like she's just sort of yeah. guarded. And she's probably, if she's like a, guarded person too she could be just overwhelmed by all these new people like for Jake to say that's the most you've ever said to me in your entire life the fact that she said you know I don't know yeah. what I do without you um yeah that says a lot right because they've known each other for years and that means she just doesn't doesn't show you know she doesn't wear her heart on her sleeve so yeah right does anyone seen agents of shield like Fitz and the other one like has anyone watched agents of shield on no, I, don't watch I watched the first. Oh, yeah. I, I watched, watched the very first get, season, like, but I'm not like watching it anymore. I just get that feeling they're trying to make those two, those characters like those two characters, like like you know how to make oh, like the team, like you have everyone in the team, like you have like certain characters, like the quirky one, the not the serious mm-hmm. one, the one that's found as right, the main character, right, right. the one that makes the gadgets, like like have that uh-huh. like round table mm-hmm. character. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like, oh, uh, you know, I always, I always feel like Jenny, Jenny is so many things. Why do you need anybody else? You know, um, I, yeah, felt, I felt a lot I of you know, season two and three about, especially during season two when everybody seemed to be getting introduced. I'm also very selfish about dialogue, like that takes away from hearing Crane. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I'd rather have <laughs> I, Tom, more of Tom Meissen on the screen. Um, and back back when Nikki Bahari was there, I always uh, I always loved it when they would end the show with Nikki and Tom doing Abby, it's, you know, yeah. Abby and uh, them if they, with their mug of coffee or their drink or whatever. I, I always thought that was fun, and, yes. and I and I hey, and I got yes. so mad when when it would end with Henry, you know, planning another way to take over the world. Um, it's yeah. Like, oh no, I want Tom, I want <laughs> Nikki and uh, Abby. That's and, the thing. Uh, so, um, but yeah, it's one season. I don't know. I think they've got some work to do to develop those characters, and it would really depend yeah. a lot on whether or not Lindy Greenwood would come back for another season. Uh, I think this has been a great to, season for Lindy Greenwood. Lindy got to do a lot this yeah. season. I was really happy for her. Yeah, she did. Well, she was David's an interview. She saved what? I said, Chrissy, what, didn't you get an interview now? I said, Chrissy, didn't you yeah, get an interview yeah, with we, us, Lindy? Yeah, we yeah we interviewed her. Last, was it last week? Yeah, it was, uh, week yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, we interviewed her for her movie. She was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, she talked to she, she talked to us for like thirty minutes, about forty minutes or something. And she, you know, she she just as thoroughly, I think, enjoyed the season. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. she. Uh, you know, and I, as much as, yeah, I did mention, of course, Zach Levy and Joe and stuff like that, you know, but she really just gets how crazy we are about the show. <laughs> she must be so crazy. I'm crazy, I don't know, but. Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, then I talked to, well, Kamar De Los Reyes, who plays uh, Job, which he was another mysterious character this season. I feel like uh, we didn't get a lot of background on him. I mean, sure, okay, he he's a demon, and he was Malcolm's right-hand man. And, okay, so where did he come from? Who is he really? You know, I knew he was going to switch sides at the end. I mean, obviously, he worked yeah. out with the devil. Come on. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he helped the witnesses, though. Very interesting if he comes back. I'm sorry, what? A demon with a conscience? A demon with a conscience. He did yeah, help the witnesses. But, but that's because it helped him finish his job, you know, by helping uh, exactly. Crane and, and crew. He, it, it got, he needed, he needed um, Malcolm to lose his immortality so he could grab him and yeah. take him to hell and get him off of his back. It, but I think, um, you know, kudos to Kamar because he really – he really took a character, yeah. and he made us all love a demon. I mean, it's, <laughs> I he really did. Movie. I'm anxious to talk to him. We're going to yeah. talk to him on Thursday uh, yeah. again. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you know, I feel I felt like, I feel like, well, now he's a free agent. So who the hell knows what's going to happen? And obviously, Thomas, I mean, Terrence Mann was fantastic as Satan. I mean, Oh my God! You could get a better a better actor to be. And and I actually I I tweeted Russell Fine. I uh, he directed the show, and I asked him, uh, you know, how, what was it like working with Terrence Mann? And he said that Terrence is the one that actually had an idea for what he wanted to do for his scenes, and so Russell oh, kind of went with it. And I thought that was very interesting. I, yeah, I mean, I like uh, that line. I like the line that Terrence Mann delivered, where he said, "I'm the devil, you know, and many that you don't." You know, so there, yeah. there could be a lot of other demony, devilly types, you know, um, that could emerge. Um, but it has, Definitely. you know, it has to be more than just a supernatural. It has to be more than supernatural. It has to be more than the librarian. It has to continue yeah. this. Um, you know, at the very end when Crane was saying the three things, you know, um, if you work hard, if, what are they? If you work hard. Right. Um, if stay you true. stay true. And if you surround yourself stay with, true. you know, people that uh, surround yourself with good people. people I mean, that that I love. Is, isn't that like the American way? I mean, I mean, isn't that what we uh-huh. ideally would like to think the American way? I think that as long right, as that's they, what we would like they can make a make a case for having a supernatural story around the democracy and around our history and um and hopefully they can bring in some of the not so nice parts of our history as well. Talking about Native Americans, yeah. you know, like the mm, yeah. season one when Crane finds out that, you know, there are no more Mohicans or wh- whichever the Indians were yeah. that he was talking about at the time. He's really shocked about that. I'd like to see more things that he might be shocked about that have to be rectified, well, I, you know. I'd like to see other people mm-hmm. in the story. Does anyone watch um, Legends of Tomorrow or anything? Yes. Have you ever heard yes, of Legends of Tomorrow? Yes. They do a lot yeah, of they time did traveling the, the stuff. slavery episode, and that went like they were – they, they did a slavery episode, and then you just watched the Twitter line. They were like pissed. <laughs> like, I don't know. If really? Like a little bit. Like, yeah, they were really pissed. That was the episode. So, we talked to Mark Guggenheim. Mark Guggenheim, who's the executive yeah, producer and they were of that really, show. Really pissed. Which and show are you talking really, about? I, I, which show are you talking about? Tomorrow, tomorrow. That's on the CW. 
Yeah, they decided that they were going to oh. do a slavery episode where they go back in time and talk about slavery. Oh, oh my God! Because People because two of the so characters two of the characters were African American. Yeah, it, and and you know he was, I asked I remember asking him you know, why are you the problem is is with like taking on these types of of touchy topics is that it just. You know, it, it dredges up so much. There's so many people have so many, you know, they, they've lived through crap. You know what I mean? They've, their families have lived through stuff like this. And then to have a show, uh, a fantasy show, try to, you know, bring some, shed some light into it, whether it's their own twistery or whatever, I think it's a little scary. I mean, I do, I would like to see some, some more of the Indians because remember in season one, wasn't it? We had what big, big Ash, big Ash would be awesome to have back. Yeah, on. big Ash. But uh, I mean, I think the whole that. Sally, yeah. the Sally Hemings thing, was 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 done really, really well. I mean, if it, 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 you don't have to go into a lot of detail, what you do have to do is say, hey, right. you know what? Your American dream crane was missing some pieces, and um, and that's right. where the yep. interaction with the modern world and the past happens and the, the same way the same is true with the American Indian um, there were a couple other uh, when Abby goes back to 1781 little different mm-hmm. than from Crane right. coming forward to you know to the 20th century oh, yeah. because Abby's walking oh, back into a time where oh. she would have been put into you know enslaved you know so yep. I think right. that I think a show like um, like Sleepy Hollow can do that can can bring those elements of of history in through the twistery too, um, to, mm-hmm. enough so that yeah. you intellectual people watching this show and I think a lot of us that watch really like history, and um, right and, and you know at least a segment of us are in, into the history so I think that that gives you something to think about and go Google about you know how many times have you Googled yeah. in the middle of a Sleepy Hollow episode? Oh my God. To go, is that real? Is that a real person? You know, you know, you know what really happened? You know, and you go back and you find out what really happened. So, um, right, right. I love yeah, it. I think, I think you, know, you, you can, get to go do your own research. And, and by the way, I wanted to mention the uh, the uh, the infinity sign that was used on that flag. And why did Malcolm have such a hard on for that flag? I'll never know. He just kept <laughs> drawing pictures everywhere and, and doing all that. I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Uh, but the reason that, that they use that that particular, I mean, the affinity, it, 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 the occult, it's an occult symbol that Satan is on Earth. That's what it that totally. What? Oh, it, that Satan it, is on Earth? That Satan is on Earth. Yeah, sorry, the cold is like up. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you're cold. But um, <laughs> your nose oh is all gosh, stuff. I can't seem to get rid of it too. I know I was blowing like crazy before the show, trying to blow it all out, but it's not working. So anyway, but uh, but yeah, so I it's really it, one of the great things is I'll never forget when I was at the San Diego Comic Con. This was just between uh, between uh, seasons one and two, and you know the whole team was down there, the whole gang was down there, we telecast and everybody. And then uh, I was waiting in line to do the Oculus, which was the, it was so cool. It was like a, uh, it was like a, a virtual reality thing. And you put the goggles on and Ichabod leads you through the cemetery and then Hemis comes and chops your head off. But anyway, but I'm waiting in line to do that. And behind me, I got to talk to some people and they happen to be history teachers. 
And, and I said, because I turned, I said, well, how come you like the show? They said, oh, well, we're history teachers. And we, we, we get our students to watch it. They love the show. Then they did assignments where they had Sleepy Hollow. They had the kids, like, you know, okay, what happened on Sleepy Hollow? Or they would write papers on it, or they would do the research, you know, about the twistery and all of that. And that's what I loved about the show from the, you know, in the beginning of it. And I think that it has carried through. You know, being able to like do all these twisteries and you know bring in these historic uh, characters, historic people that that lived that you know shaped our country. I love, like you said, the Ben Banneker was done. You know, they bring in these Davy Crockett. They bring in uh, mm-hmm. uh, who else? I mean, they brought in so many people. Uh, and I think important. I you know, and it's so funny too. I want to mention real quick is uh, at the New York Comic Con. Uh, you know, I went to the panel. That's, and people were saying, oh, it wasn't full. And it was pretty full, that, that, that auditorium. But what was very interesting was, you know, we had the five-minute trailer uh, for the new season. And when Henry came on, everybody cheered. Like, they were so excited that John And so it was such a, a difference. Like, I don't know, the people that go to the cons and stuff, I don't think they're on social media so much. You know, I, I, I got the vibe that everybody was very excited compared to what we had all been through, you know, with the show. But uh, but anyway, I don't know. Oh, Tiffany, yeah. Do you want to comment on any of that? <laughs> well, we've been on for about an hour, right? I know. Yeah, a little over an hour. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, why don't we wrap up? I need to get off the phone. Why don't we all go around and wrap up? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> I have to go blow my nose anyway, but, uh, but yeah, so I just want to mention a couple things really quickly. Uh, there is a season five petition out there, ipetitions.com. Uh, please sign it if you haven't signed it, because uh, I'm going to send it to Dana Walden. She's the CEO of Fox uh, Production, and I'm going to get it to her. So please sign it and uh, put your comments on there. And then if anybody wants to, I'm going to rewatch uh uh, freedom tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern time. So uh, join me on Twitter at Sleepy Addicts. And uh, also, what else? I think that's it. We're going to talk to Kamar De Los Reyes Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will be on this account. Uh, and it's for the at Headless Podcast on Twitter. So, okay. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, joining me, Deb and Tiffy and Sarah. Yeah. It was fun. Oh, oh yeah, great. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. All right. Well, that okay, is you guys our online. show, everybody. Have a good Cheers. one. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.